Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I don't have time to work out is the most common struggle we hear when it comes to to working out. That's why we created our free five-day challenge. It's daily online yoga and Pilates classes that are just 10 minutes long. That means I don't have time, will never come out of your mouth again. Are you excited, Emma? I am so excited. Be sure to sign up and we cannot wait to see you on the mat. Head to themerrymakersisters.com forward slash five days. That's the number five days. This is episode 290 on the Get Married podcast, and we are so excited to be coming to your ears again with a brand new week, brand new topic. Uh, We're talking to you about self-doubt and how to overcome it. Mm, And which is so very important because I'm pretty sure every human has felt some form of self-doubt and some more than others. Yeah, and I think that sometimes it can be like a continuous thing. Yeah, like in every aspect of your life, you have that kind of voice in your mind telling you how much you suck mm. or that you can't do this or you're, why you? How could you possibly think you could do that? Yeah, and this thing that is within us, this feeling and these thoughts, they really do hold us back from doing the things that we actually want to do. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about how to overcome it which I think is the most important thing to talk about. But firstly, let's talk about why we even have these self-doubt feelings because sometimes when you find out, like, why we have them, it can actually help you overcome it Mm. because then you can start to, I guess, understand it more. Because I think some people, and, I mean, I was in a group of uh, people the other day and, like, this was coming up a lot, like the self-doubt uh And they were all like other teachers, like other yoga teachers and Pilates teachers, and they're all saying that they felt like this, that they weren't good enough, that they felt self-doubt, that they couldn't, uh, I guess, string words together for philosophy and things like this. Mm. Now, getting really upset talking about it, fair enough. Like, Mm. they feel held back. Um, What was the thing that I was just talking about before that? Uh, Or understanding it. Yes. Yeah. And I think that uh, these people, when I was watching them talk about it, it's like they felt that there was no way to get rid of it and oh. they didn't even know where it was coming so it was from. Like, they just thought it was part of them. It was like um, impossible. There yeah. was no other way. Well, I think because uh, I can really relate because I truly believe that the early st- years of my life, right up until probably, you know, 16, I was riddled with self-doubt. Mm-hmm. I had a continuous feeling that I was not good at anything And that probably was because, you know, I wasn't naturally good at anything. Like, I wasn't. You know, there's some kids that have, like, a talent. Mm. They win the races. They excel in maths, excel in English. They can do the speeches, rah, 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 rah. Uh, I felt like I really sucked at everything. And, you know, 
in reality, I wasn't great at anything, but I didn't suck. I just didn't excel. And I think this is where a problem is, is that even from a kid, you compare yourself to the best. Mm-hmm. And that's because what do, what are we doing at school? We're getting compared and we're getting graded, even from the age of six years old, mm, maybe, true. maybe six, I don't know. Uh, but we're continuously getting graded. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you pass, you fail. This is bad. Cross, red red t- marks. Mm-hmm. Oh, blue ticks. Mm-hmm. Well done. Oh, look, student of the month because you got this. Uh, and, you know, if you're not – if you don't quite fit into that – you know, if you're not a square peg and fitting into the square hole, you feel a bit deflated mm-hmm. and a bit like, oh, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. And especially, I believe – this is the school system, especially if you are, like, even not me, like, think about, like, our brother, like, who was the naughty kid, in inverted commas, but really he just didn't quite fit into the curriculum. Mm. So I think this is where it comes from, is that there's this human ideal in the society, and if you don't quite match it, then you're not good enough. Mm. True. And then you get this pattern of self-doubt, self-doubt, because you've been told by the teacher you're not good, therefore you think you're not good. And then you don't even try. You're so riddled with self-doubt that Mm -hmm. you don't try. And so from a very young age, we've we've kind of been shown, like, here is the ideal version of you. Yes. The one who's winning, the one who's getting the student of the month, the one who's getting the gold slips. And if you're not that, then you're just not quite there yet. Yeah. Uh, And then maybe it's like patterns of you know, continuing not to get student of the month, continuing not to get the – so, yeah. like, again and again you just kept, kept on being told, like, this isn't – you're not right, you're not there yet. <laughs> You've you, got work to do. And then you might just give up and then you're like, well, my friends really like it when I cause trouble in the class. Mm. So it's like then – I feel like then this, like, opens up this avenue for, like, other ways mm. of – uh, maybe receiving attention and uh, like a sense of like worth mm. in other ways. True. And again, they might not be uh, looked highly upon from the teachers or the general society. Yeah. So, but it's something. Yeah, it's something. Yeah. You're getting you're getting that love and attention. That really, that's what it's about, isn't it? Mm. It's like when you put something out there and you feel like you're they're not going to love you. Mm. It's like the human has this fear. <laughs> the human of not being lovable mm-hmm. not being likable yeah and i think that this is definitely probably the the biggest reason why people have self doubt mm. is like this fear of rejection this fear yes. of not being loved this fear yes. of not of not reaching someone's expectations or your own expectations and so therefore you have these thoughts that go around in your head you're actually you're actually really crap at this. Like no one's going to like what you're saying. Yeah, you No suck. one's going to like what you're doing. <laughs> uh, and I can think of like, you know, if I was teaching a yoga class, if I had self-doubt, which like thankfully I had over – I had didn't. Like, with yoga. You know, with yoga. But like I can, I can understand that the thoughts would be like – people are going to hate this sequence. Oh, I'm looking at their faces. People hate this. Actually, you know what? Sometimes I do think that. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes I'll look at a class and I'm like, is anyone even enjoying this? I think about it all the time like, in my Pilates classes. Are you even liking this? Like, can you, like, give me a nod or something? Like, I want that external validation that, like, yeah. oh, this is actually good. Like, yeah. oh, you did really well. Uh, so it's like, yeah, this fear of, like, not being also, like, no, like, not being, uh, like, 
I guess, congratulated for your efforts as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, and you can feel that, you know, after you've done something and no one comes up to you and says, oh, well done. Well, to tell you the truth, Carla, we have been extremely lucky in, you know, we're just talking about teaching yoga and Pilates. The first Pilates class I ever taught, you were there. True. And pretty much every single Pilates (laughs) class I've ever taught in real life, you were there. And vice versa, I was there. And every class online. And I'm, I know, I know. I'm so, there, I'm like, there. this is the thing. Like, and this can be an aspect of how you overcome your self doubt. Yeah, have your cheer squad. Yeah. And that could be one person. You need that person. You need a support. Yeah. And, and you're allowed to have this support. You're worthy of this support. Mm-hmm. And you can find this support. Even if you don't have a long life best friend slash teacher, um, sister, teacher, and teacher. Yeah. You know, you are my teacher. Um, you can find this and it might not look exactly like what me and Carl have because I know what we have is quite special, even though just before this podcast we had a little fight, you know, <laughs> wow. Uh, but, like, in reality... <laughs> That's how special it is. We can have a fight and then we can record a podcast two minutes later. That's pretty magic. Uh, but, yeah, I know we are very lucky because I felt that self-doubt, but then I would look at you mm. and you'd give me this little nod of reassurance or, like, you'd smile or you'd be like, oh, like, this face of, like, this is burning yeah. in a great way. Or you'd be like, Emma, you, you stuffed up, you missed 20 counts of this. <laughs> like, like that's we're very lucky, but you can find that person. I also think... So that's number one. Yeah, that's... Like, yeah, I know. I like this because, you know, we're going all over the place, but we're going to... Um, when we come up with the ideas of we'll how... We'll number them. We'll number them. So that's number one. Find a support, uh, whether it's one person, whether it's multiple people. And, like, let's do some other examples. So, like, say you want to start a business, uh, whatever it's in, okay? Mm-hmm. We're in online business. Let's talk about online business. Yeah. You want to start an online business. You have no friends in this well do you have no contacts what do you do you join a support network there's so mm. many memberships online oh my God, so you can learn many. you just join a community start learning from someone and be part of the community boom you find connections you have yourself a network you have yourself support within a week you would find oh, that like 100% join one there's so many find one that like resonates and you will find a one person or many. You'll find many. You. No doubt you'll find many. Uh, oh, it's like, wow, that really does help. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, then you can think about other things, whether it's in the workplace. Mm. Like sometimes you can feel really lonely in your so workplace. So very if you true. you don't have that like core, like, you know how they call them like work wives or work husbands yeah. or like work besties. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. If you don't have that person yet, maybe it's a new job. Maybe you started and then like you then work from home all the time and so yeah. you didn't have that connection. Like that is up to you to make the time to yeah. build the relationship. So very true. And, you know, I'll use this example because, um, you know, a friend of Damiano's actually, he – just moved into a new corporate job and I'm not sure exactly what his job is but he will always tell me I think because maybe like he knows that I've told you before you know he thinks that I am you know feminist and all about women rights and like the value of a female perspective which, which I am 100% of course but he'll always like tell me this story like as many times as I've seen him I'm like he tells me the same thing over and over and I love it it's great 
But he tells me how before he submits anything to his manager, who is a man, he'll always get the perspective of a woman in the team. And I think, you know, that's like he's obviously got self-doubt, right? Mm. But he's getting the opinion of this woman and like whatever, male, female, whoever. But, you know, you reach out to your colleague Mm. and they help you overcome that moment of self-doubt. And they might have a great idea too to add to it. Yeah, and I think that uh, even doing that, uh, asking for help is like super courageous. Yes. And then showing that kind of vulnerability and that like, no, I need help with this or I want you to look over this. Like that can really create a fast connection with someone else. So if you're Extreme. looking for like a way to connect with someone, like find a find like a problem that you might have and don't like make it up. Like don't no. oh, I need help with this. Like help me. Uh like actually have something you need help with and get someone's valid opinion. And then you take it or leave it. But then you have that kind of uh I guess common ground to come back to. And then maybe they'll come to you and ask you for help. Yeah, I love that. And then you can always have each other's backs. I think like that is a really nice feeling, like when you know you're in a room or you're doing something and you know that someone has your back. And I think that helps you overcome self-doubt. A hundred percent. Well, as the, yeah, it's all in the same kind of realm, yeah. this support, this uh, – it's like it takes a village mm. to raise a kid. It takes mm. a village to live. Like yeah, honestly, so we can't do it. We're not meant to be doing life by ourselves. Mm. And like that – I'm not saying like, you know, for single people who live by themselves, that's not a message for you to like you need to find a partner and like move in with someone. Yeah, you don't need that. It's like you just need that support network, mm. the friendships, the mm. relationships, the – the acquaintances, the the colleagues, yeah, the family, and whether that's blood or, you know, a family you create Mm. and build Mm -hmm. with your friends, this is necessary. And it doesn't have to be massive. It can be two. It Mm. can be three. It can be ten if you have that. It can be whatever is good as long as they are authentically, truthfully supportive Mm. and, like, yeah, they're not like the – they have your back. They're not going to stab you in the back. yeah. We want those friends. Yeah, we don't want those other friends. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> they suck. Uh, so then when we're just talking, so we've just talked about like this fear of rejection, this fear of not being good enough or liked and what you're putting out there isn't going to like cut through or people aren't going to like it and people aren't going to like what you said or what you've done. Then I think we need to like think about this self-doubt in how it really holds us back and how the reason why it holds us back is because we have this fear of failure. And rejection yeah, and, and it, being and, unliked. And it really is all the same thing. Yeah. But when we talk about it in these different ways, we can start to realize, oh, yeah, like the self-doubt is actually stopping me from potentially reaching my full potential, potentially yes. following my dreams, potentially doing something different, learning something new. And the more time we spend with these self-doubting thoughts, the more time we're spending not you know, reaching or I guess trying, reaching, trying to to actually do the things we want to do, and really self doubt, and in another word, is self judgment. Mm. It's putting yourself down before you even give yourself an opportunity to try. So true. It's saying you cannot do this before letting yourself try mm. at all. Uh, and why do people have it more than others? I think we all have it it's just that some people are better at taking that step yeah that first step yeah 
And then as you've just mentioned before this episode, Carla, it's like a practice. It's a muscle. Mm. The more you take that step, the more you overcome that initial thought of self-doubt, the easier it becomes. So right now if you're like listening to this and being like, holy moly, this is me. I have so much self-doubt. I know I'm awesome inside. I'm just not (laughs) letting myself come out. Um, This is like a message that, yeah, these are going to be the hardest first Mm -hmm. steps Mm -hmm. and then it becomes easier. And like this is me who was stuck there. Mm. I'm telling you it can can change. Yeah, and I think that's a really – like important thing to remember in that, you know, we're not here saying we don't have self-doubt anymore. Like, look at us. Wow. Like that's not the case. Like that. And I think that, you know, knowing that we all have these thoughts and these feelings makes it feel um, like less of a big deal. Like, cause sometimes we can think like hear about something and think, oh my God, that's me. Like, I'm never going to be able to change. Like, I I am so bad at that. And whatever it might be, like, whether it's like you want to be more accepting of yourself or whether you want to lose these self-doubting thoughts. And I mean, they're all intertwined in so many ways. Um, But knowing that you're not the only one and that there are ways to actually overcome it. Like, it's not just like some people don't self-doubt themselves and some people do. Like, that's not really it. Like, we all one way or another or at some stage in our life, even if it's like once a year, we're probably going to doubt ourselves at some stage. And it might be in different parts, you know, like someone might be, you know, they might find it so easy to progress and put themselves out there in their career, Mm. but then they can't do the relationship thing. They feel too scared to go on Mm. a date. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's like in all different areas. Mm. So I feel like self-doubt is a super common ground. It's just that what it's associated with Mm. for each human and individual is very different. Yeah, that's true. So it's like, yeah, I can totally like take a risk with my business, but I might be less inclined to take a risk in something else. Yeah, and I so, like, just know that if you're thinking, oh, this is me, like, how on earth will I ever overcome it? Like, know that, like, actually the self-doubt does always kind of creep back in yeah. in one way or another. And as Emma said, but if we practice and we practice and we practice and we keep building that muscle, it actually becomes so much easier for us to firstly become aware of the self-doubting thoughts and not jump onto that train of self-doubt and just let it kind of take us for a ride yeah. of like down, 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 down and just like all-encompassing self-doubt. We can more quickly, more effectively be like, all right, that's a self-doubt thought. It's not true. Like, I'm not going to listen to you and I'm going to do something else or I'm yeah. going to use one of my tools that I have to overcome it. But, yeah, firstly, it's, like, recognising that you're not the only one. Yes. So true. <laughs> because then it makes you feel, oh, okay, yes. I'm not a crazy weirdo. Yeah. And also I want to make a point of, like, some self-doubt is good. Like, obviously, like, oh, the ocean looks really dangerous today. I'm doubting myself. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't go swimming. swimming. Yeah, probably listen to that. Like there's always a place for self-doubt, but then sometimes we have self-doubt in the kind of like it's it's untrue. And that's another point, I think, another mechanism, another way to overcome Mm. self-doubt is what Byron Katie teaches, asking yourself when you have this self-criticism, this thought come up, this self-doubting thought, ask yourself is it true yeah and more often than not it's it's not (laughs) like a hundred percent you'll be able to be like oh yeah no actually it's not true let me move on now let me walk away from that thought i'm not gonna let it do its thing anymore 
Huh, it's so interesting. Okay, so we've talked about so that's like what number two. Yeah, I guess. Ask yourself, is this true? Yeah. Uh, and I guess like before all that, and I, I guess that is also a way of um, what about though? How do you? And I, I guess I can answer this in my in my question because I think this is a good question because before all of that, we first have to become aware that the thought is self doubting. We have to become oh, aware yeah. of the thought itself. Yes. So to do that. Really, we have to be present yes. as well. So there's so many things going on. But really, it starts there because before we can do the two steps yep. we've already talked yep. about, we actually have to know that we're having self-doubting thoughts because otherwise well, we don't know. I think this is when if you are feeling like generally un- unhappy inside like and you don't have you could don't have like a you can't like pinpoint like yeah there's heaps of things that can make you unhappy like so that's your feelings are totally worthy and feel that and l- look after yourself but you know like this general feeling of dullness mm. and like stuckness uh feeling of not enoughness <laughs> feeling of being trapped inside you like these are all the feelings i've felt before mm. of like this I don't know, it's like murky and grey and dull and yucky and you know there's something more. You know it. Deep in your heart you know. I feel like this is when it's good to check in and check in with your thoughts and start like writing them down Mm. and acknowledging and bringing awareness to them. Hey, like this is really awful self-criticism. Yeah. Or this is is the thought that's holding me back from me following my dream. Mm. So... It's just like getting in touch with your thoughts so, and yourself, so getting that's in tune. A, a really good little, not little. That's a good, I uh, guess, way of becoming aware of your thoughts. Like it's first becoming aware of your feelings. Well, that's me anyway. Like yeah, no, I'm such a I, I feeling like person. But, yeah, and and then it's also, you know, I th- it was good how you kind of described the feelings because I think again we can kind of, similar with our thoughts, we can let our feelings just kind of be there and not acknowledge them and not, Mm. like, ever actually notice them. Like, that, it just becomes kind of like that's just who I am now. Yeah. Because we don't actually allow them to ever be felt and we don't actually allow them to, like, move through us. Yeah. That is what like emotions are really energy in motion. Like, yeah. They're supposed to flow, and we don't have to hide them. Mm. So I think that was just really cool how you described them because it was like lots of description and like <laughs> not just like feelings but also like colors and like stuff. So like maybe one of those things kind of resonated with you at home or wherever you're listening, and then it's like realizing how connected our thoughts are to our feelings. Because I think this is, again, a really powerful thing. Because when we think thoughts again and again and again, really what can happen is that they can turn into a feeling. They do, yeah. Because it's like someone's telling you, you're not good enough, you're not good enough. How would you feel after I told you that 50 million times? I mean, like, of course thoughts turn into feelings. It's like you watch the news and you're feeling, Mm. like you're Mm. thinking about this, you're learning about this, and poof, washing like a tidal wave of feelings yeah you watch like a comedy show and yeah yeah there's some great feelings yeah (laughs) Uh, there's good ones too yeah or like you read like a like a beautiful poem or something yeah you feel something um but then there's also just like a feeling and you sometimes you don't even know why you feel it you don't know why you feel this big emotion 
And it's like that's when you sit with yourself, Mm. you give yourself space and you let the feeling come even more. Mm. And, yeah, maybe you need to investigate it further and get help and talk or find your support and talk. Mm. Feelings are such a funny thing. I feel like as we grow up, like they, there should be a full lesson on feelings and emotions. Well, we have a podcast with Miriam. I know about emotions, but I feel like we could probably do that for a year. I and know. We I could, mean, this we is should link back to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Note. Link back to that podcast episode where we talked like what are our emotions and like yeah. how to kind of um, also uh, acknowledge which emotion we are feeling. Yeah, that podcast was really cool. Uh, she's a psychologist, so it was really interesting. Well, that's what, um, you know, Brene Brown, she studies that mm. and she's a researcher and she's got some great interviews on her podcast, Born to Lead. Born to Lead? Dare to Lead. And, you know, it's a study of empathy but also just emotions in general and mm. how really in our society we put this, like, um, stop on our emotions and mm. it's such a massive has such a massive impact on our general health and well-being and overall contentment with life, mm. but also, like, leads to so much uh, of the what I perceive as wrongness in the world. Mm. Like, it's very interesting. And I think as well because, you know, when we're kids we get told to not cry or to not laugh too loud or <laughs> to be quiet and uh, if you're angry, no, be yeah. good, don't be angry. But actually these are really, like, quite negative lessons because – we're naturally trying to express our mm. emotions and feelings and then we're getting told to shut up. Yeah. So it's no wonder we're all bloody confused as adults. It's like, oh, shit, like what feeling is that? Yeah. Yeah, then we doubt our feelings. Like is this even, like what is this? And now I'm just going to shut down. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, so going all the way back, Firstly, it's important to <laughs> know that we're actually doubting ourselves because sometimes we don't know that we're doing that. We only know what we're doing when we become aware of what we're Ooh. doing. Uh, so being present, uh, if you feel this kind of dullness or this lackluster or like, I don't know, it could, it could be the opposite. It could be like that you're always just like on this neutral. Mm. <laughs> like you're always just like don't have like anything. You don't let yourself. You don't let yourself feel anything. Yeah. Maybe that is what kind of like let me check in. What am I thinking? What am I, what, what am I feeling? Um the easiest way really to get present is to breathe mm. and consciously be aware of your breath. Um, your breath is always present. So therefore when you focus on your breath, you become present. Mm. Your body is also always present in this moment. So you can come back to your body and do like a body scan. That's another way you could do it. Um, yeah, any kind of guided meditation, any kind of like nature walk is going to help you be present. So do one of those things that makes you come back to the moment that is here and now, and then you can become aware that you actually are having self-doubting thoughts, and then we can do one of the other two things so far that we've said, which we're going to talk about more, uh, of ways to overcome self-doubt. Yeah, I love this so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing that got me thinking about this topic more was, you know, last night we did this Mm. paint and vino session uh, we've heard an Messia, who is actually Damiano's sister. She's an amazing, an amazing artist and she's running these little events. And, you know, we got there and there's these blank canvases, paint, and this picture of uh, the birth, the face of, um, you know, that very famous artwork. Botticelli. Botticelli's Birth of Venus. The Birth of the Venus. Birth of Venus. Uh, 
one of the most very well-known art pieces of the world. And, yeah, we had to paint it because <laughs> we are artists. Uh, no, we're not. And really, it was quite overwhelming. I did have this feeling, like this moment, this probably like three minutes of like, well, far out, like bloody hell, how am I going to do this? Yeah. Excuse me, where's the outline? Yeah, like, can I trace what's it? step one? And, you know, like there's as you, we've got our wine, sparkling water, there's grapes, cheese paints everywhere music is on it was very fun very romantic really (laughs) uh but it was like it definitely came to me that oh like this is not like a step one we're doing this like there was kind of like step one paint the background I'm like "Hmm? what do you mean mean, paint the background but then it was kind of like well let's just do it let's just jump in and not worry about it but if I had have listened to that moment of self-doubt, I really would have wanted to run away and I would not have enjoyed the session. Yeah. So this is the thing. Like you could still do it, but you could be riddled with self-doubt mm. throughout that two hours mm-hmm. and hate that experience. Mm-hmm. Whereas me and you, Carla, we had so much fun. Yes. We let go of any self-doubt we felt, realised, hey, this is just for fun. Yeah. But it's also the perfect example of... Uh, uh, you know, stepping outside your comfort zone and how that strengthens your muscle of mm, overcoming self-doubt. So if you're really struggling to pursue a dream, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Maybe it's to become more a better basketballer. I don't know, whatever it is. You really want this thing. If you're struggling to take that step towards that direction, what I'd recommend is put yourself in an uncomfortable situation in a totally different field that might not have as much... Um, you know, investment Mm. of your heart and your Mm -hmm. purpose. And expectations. Yeah, zero expectations. It's like, okay, so if I want to be successful in my business, go and do something just for fun but still pushes you outside of your comfort zone. Yes, I love that. Yeah. Such a good thing. That's number three of ways to overcome (laughs) self-doubt. And then as you were talking about that, we just (laughs) mentioned the word expectation. And I think we need to talk about this because – Again, this is absolutely a reason why we have self-doubt is that we have these expectations of ourselves to be a perfect version of ourselves in oh my. every single way. So, like, we want to be the perfect person in our business. We want to be the perfect girlfriend or boyfriend. We want to be the perfect partner. We want to be the perfect mother or father. We want to be the perfect sister. We want to be the perfect everything. And the, the reality is, is the perfect version of you doesn't exist. Uh, it's this made-up version of you that will never actually exist because even when you do something you want to be even better than that because you're like, no, that's just not perfect enough. <laughs> it's so true. And and then you realise how stupid that is. Well, you realise, I think, you know. This... Stupid isn't the right word. What a waste of time that is. What a waste of time. And actually what perfectionism does, it simply holds us back. And really it's living in fear. It's like if I'm not going to reach that expectation, I'm not even going to try. Like it holds us back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or it keeps us, I don't know, it keeps us stuck. It Uh, keeps us small. Yes. Because if we can't be perfect, then we don't even try. Yeah. And that's the the reality is is we're never going to be perfect. And so then we never try. And all we do is we self-doubt, but we don't even let ourselves take a step 
into ma- the maybe-ness. And this is where it's like, you know, you you we've heard it a billion times, you learn from doing, you learn from launching, mm-hmm. you figure it out along the way. I mean, gosh, if we had have been perfectionists throughout uh, the Merry Maker Sisters lifetime, the business that is the Merry Maker Sisters and the, the creation of what it is, it's not even just a business, whatever it is, <laughs> the the monster, the the magic, the mess. <laughs> the mess. If we had a waited to be perfect, we'd still be – we have a draft website. We'd still be in our government desk job. Yeah, we would have never done it. We never would have leaped. We wouldn't have had the – the ability to just mm-hmm. do it. And this is where overcoming self-doubt, overcoming the fear of judgment from yourself but also from other people. Mm-hmm. Like we haven't talked about that yet and maybe that is what creates the biggest self-doubt. Our imagination, imaginations telling us that that person is going to think I suck mm-hmm. or that person, gosh, like they're going to say some crap yeah. about me. Oh, what will my old school friends think if I do this? Yes. Uh, or what will she think? What will he think? What will my mum and dad think? It's all this fear of judgment from others. But like it's probably not even going to happen. No, and it's that, that saying of like what other people think of me is none of my business. No. And that's the truth in that – those people definitely don't have time to think about you. <laughs> and also, like, let's let's go exactly, and let's like circle back uh, to the yoga and Pilates teachers. You know, okay, I get that fear of judgment because you're in front of people, yeah. and like this can be in relation to a performance, mm. whether it's a speech mm-hmm. or a drama, a, a music thing. Yes, in the school. Uh, standing at the front of a classroom, oh, my God, my ultimate fear for so long was speeches. I loved them. Yeah, of course you did. (laughs) Of course you did. You were great at them. I remember this rash would creep up on my chest. I'd have like a red rash. It would go up to my neck all over my face. My hands would be shaking on my palm cards. Like I can really remember this speech. It was on Mookie. Our cat. (laughs) I did a speech in year five on Mookie. Was it for that competition, the rostrum? That's funny. It was on my cat. I think so. Yeah, I think it was the Rostrum speech competition. (gasps) I hated it. I was so scared, but I did it. But I remember that rash so well. Um, I loved that speech. My speech or your speech? Your speech. And then I I did one on chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) You did five. And then my second one was on swimming, like surf life-saving. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. I can't remember many others. But... Like, of course, that is kind of like when we're doing it in front of someone and we can see that initial reaction. Yeah. Okay, that self-doubt and that fear is so valid. Yeah. Like, yeah, that we're all going to feel that. I feel that no matter how many times someone gets on a stage, even Nicole Kidman, I remember listening to a podcast with her talking about stage acting. Yeah. And, like, she was frightened and had self-doubt and scared. Nicole Kidman. Yeah, and I think I remember – before a really big speech, we were like, it was like in front of a thousand people we were doing at the wellness my, summit. Oh my, I was so scared. It was so, I was so nervous. But can I say that possibly a way to overcome self-doubt 
is to feel like you've tried your best yes. and to practice and to so true. Be, and prepared. be prepared because I think like for that, I don't think I was prepared. prepared, but true, huh? Like the more prepared you are, but it's also like, there's a level of like, you just have to jump because yeah. maybe you'll never feel prepared. Yeah. But I think, um, that is a really great thing to, to, to come back to though, because if you have practiced, then in those moments of self-doubt, just before you go on the stage or just before you're about to perform or just before the meeting, you say to yourself, I've done this 10 times. I've tried my best. I have absolutely practiced. I'm prepared. I know the content. I know what I'm going to – like I know what my intention is for this. So and as – um. Is it Wayne Dyer? He said this. I can't remember. Like he would just, he knew oh, yeah, that whatever yeah, yeah. Would come it was, Wayne Dyer. was supposed to come out at that time. And, you know, he, he that's how he helped himself overcome that in that like, no, whatever I'm supposed to say, I'm supposed to say. And I think that is another way of overcoming this self-doubt. If you've prepared and you accidentally miss a paragraph or you accidentally stuff up something Oh, well, it was meant to be that yeah, way. Yeah, it's kind of like having trust in something greater than yourself yeah. that you are here mm. and you're doing this, you've prepared, you've done as much as you can possibly do, mm-hmm. and now it's up to whatever is going to but happen. that is such a good piece of advice. I mean, what's that, number four? Like, be prepared. Yeah. Like, preparation, because then you can look at that self-doubt in the, in the face and say, no, I've practiced, like, yeah. before a job interview. No, I know my yeah. stuff. It's like when I first started teaching Pilates, what did I do? Practice. I taught you. Yeah. I taught you in the lounge room yes. however many times, and I wrote it down. Mm-hmm. I wrote my whole class from start to finish. And you knew that sequence, like, back to front. Oh, yeah. And, like, I was I paranoid? Was I scared? Hell, yeah. Yeah, were you afraid? What if I miss 10 beats? Oh, well. It's like... It's so interesting. Really, mm-hmm. it is. And then, as well, with practice, you progress and the confidence grows. So true. So practice, practice, mm-hmm. practice. Keep going, keep mm-hmm. going, keep going. Mm-hmm. You'll feel like you suck today, but tomorrow you'll feel a little bit more confident. Yeah. In the year, it'll be a piece of cake. Yeah, so true. And I think we need to talk about the expectations and the perfectionism one last time. We need to understand that the perfect version of ourselves doesn't exist. Like we have come up with this false version of ourselves in our minds that it needs to be this way, we need to be this way, otherwise we're not good enough. We need to realise that that is not true and it's actually BS, complete BS, that there is never, ever going to be a perfect version of yourself because a human being is not perfect. A human being is is wonderful and unique and different to everyone else and that is what makes us all so magical and we need to realise that our, in our imperfections and in our differences and in our uniqueness, that is where all of our potential really lies, right? It's so true. So why are we trying to be perfect? Just <laughs> in the magical, the magical mess of, you know, our, all of these things that make us us. That is the reason. That's where our potential is. That's where we, that's where when we follow our dreams, like that is the thing that will help us kind of like be the, be ourselves <laughs> following our dreams. Because if we're trying to be perfect, then we're not really being ourselves. Wow. And maybe we end it with this question that, um, you know, I love how we bring all, you know, we really do study a lot. It's funny, like you don't think we do, but we 
Carla, you and me have read a lot of books and we listen to people and we get these messages. But it's um, Cheryl Strandberg, is that how you say? Sandberg. 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 We always get her last name mixed up. And she has this question, this quote, and it's, what would you do if you were unafraid Mm. or something like that? Uh, If you weren't afraid. Like, what would you do? Because really, self-doubt is fear. Mm-hmm. And it's fear that holds us back from our true potential, as yes. we've mentioned a million times. So what would you do if in this moment, right here, right now, you were not afraid? Imagine it, feel it, mm. and then act from there. Take yes. the step. Even if you have this, it's like you have this one minute of pocket with no fear. Take a step. Take action yes. in that pocket of no fear. Do it yes. and see what happens. And, yeah, just imagine what could happen. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. And then if we have a minute every day of that. Yeah, exactly. Might build to 30 minutes. Well, that's the thing. It's like it does, It's like you take action and then what will that action lead to? Another mm-hmm. action. It's like it's all a ripple effect. Sometimes we look at that end picture and we get stuck there. We look at the end picture, the end goal, the big picture, the big dream, and it's so big that we're too afraid to take the baby first step. Mm-hmm. Instead, just focus on the baby first step and then the next one and then the next one. Yeah. And soon the dream becomes more of a reality. Soon the reality is not living in this fear land, it's living in this potential land. Yeah, and I think that that's such an important thing to remember. It's like it's never one giant step. Like It's not like I'm here and now I'm there. Yeah, There's in always, most cases. There's, yeah, and even in the cases where we think, it's they they just did that so easily oh yeah i'm not thinking right oh yeah yeah but i'm thinking more like if something's thrown onto you like a thing and then you're like riddled with self-doubt you're like wait i can't do this yeah (laughs) it's like then it's like oh that's a different kind of thing working backwards almost yeah but it's it's always little step after little step yeah exactly break it all down yeah exactly so Again, don't let self-doubt of you not being the version of yourself that you need to be to reach that goal yet. Yes. Because you'll become that version on the way. Yes. I think Cheryl Sandberg said something like that too. Oh, that's so good. It's like um, I shared it. I've got to find it now. I love that. She's really good. If you guys haven't read her book, Lean Lean in. In. But also we should probably read her other book, Plan B. Uh, I will just find it's just, you know, a few hundred Instagram posts again. Uh, (laughs) Cheryl Sandberg, let me fall if I must fall. The one I become will catch me. Oh, I just love that. Uh, And then her other one was, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Such amazing I think there's another one too, and this is more her plan B book. I think it's something about how we're all living some form of plan oh, B. Like so true. nothing ever goes according well, to plan. Yeah, plan C, D, E, F, G. Oh, yeah. Life is never perfect. We all live some form of option B. Like. Wow. It's like don't get stuck on that perfection. Exactly. Huh. Well, this was a fun discussion. I hope that you got some action steps. I hope that maybe it just brought some awareness to your own thoughts and maybe where self-doubt lies within your life. Uh, and know that you're never alone in all of these feelings and these thoughts. We're there with you. Uh, (laughs) If you've got any questions, comments, or feedback, make sure you do reach out to us. We love to hear from you. Otherwise, we will be in your ears next week. Yes, and be sure to pass this episode on to anyone who uh, you think might love it, learn from it, and we'll see you soon. 
My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tapiphone.